look the part. Awesome. All right, ladies and gentlemen, well, we've got a very special guest in here today, none other than legend Ron Bath from uh, Atlanta, Georgia. Ron, thank you very much for coming in hey, on the show. My pleasure. You have been here in Australia on a bit of a whirlwind uh, tour over the last couple of weeks. How's it been? Uh, whirlwind's understatement. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's exciting. I mean, traveling, um, you know, every other day going on, getting on a flight, heading somewhere else, I have somebody rip my arm off. Yeah. Uh, it originally didn't start that way, but it's starting to get broke down to a point. Uh, not much competition, but yeah, we're yeah. getting a hell of a workout. You've done well. We've ganged up on you very well. We, I think you got your final uh, session tonight with the Brisbane Club. But tell me about the Arnold's Classic. Um, you had two super matches, one with uh, Brett Coots on the left and one with Ryan Scott on the right, and then you did the main draw. How did you go? Uh, first was the right draw with uh, Ryan Scott. Um, Ryan's got a great, he's got a good high top, and uh, he got a lot of, and a good leverage. Yep. Um, first one he took off called me. I don't know if sleeping or I couldn't <laughs> hear the ref, I, but he got he got the takeoff on me, got to me me within the pin pad, yep. close enough, and we slipped. So he got the win on that one because I slipped in a losing position. Um, then I went to next three, went to my typical awkward, ugly looking slips. <laughs> But we got the slips at the top, went in the straps, and the straps pretty much were mine. Uh, the last one, uh, my third win, Ryan managed to stop me a little bit yeah. before the pad and tried to work some stuff. Yeah. And uh, But I managed to get the win going against Ryan. I won 3-1. Nice. Of course, your, your, your right arm is, is, is your premier arm. Um, and I think yes. it, it is on Ryan's as well. What was your, I mean, just other than the specifics of the match, what was your impression of Ryan as an arm wrestler in terms of, the world level um he he definitely has making to get to that you know up into that area yep um working some power working the straps so he has more power while in the straps because yeah. uh without straps he has he has some of the tools on the initial start he's fast tall um he's got a big hand um it's just working those finer points on the power level yep. to catch it up for sure and brett coots on the left uh, Brett Coots on left. He got a, he got a couple little breaks. Um, not that he really needed any. Um, we pulled about 20 minutes after my matches with uh, Ryan. Yep. And you know travel all that. And I don't know if I was 100% pulling him, but Brett's left is it's it's beast. <laughs> yeah, let's put it yeah. that way. Yeah. Um, I tried just doing everything uh, straight up. Not and I think I could have went to a ref's grip. Maybe uh, loosened his hand up a little bit. He managed to do just hook and drag and got me to his side table quicker than I could um, we fought for a bit which now my shoulder and my back's really <laughs> regretting it yeah um, yeah I think we agreed to go best out of three then he beat me two nothing and the second pull he actually had to work a lot harder yeah. so I'm almost wondering if I maybe would have stayed to the best out of five if I could have maybe took a little bit of gas out of that big bicep but no, there's nothing taken away from his hook. It's yeah. it's it's Mecca. His his hook has been dominant in the Australian scene uh, since the beginning of the Australian Arm Wrestling Federation. And uh, yeah, I um, I remember we actually had we actually had a phone conversation. Uh, you and I we talked about Brett Coots, and I remember you 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 said you might even be willing to go into a hook with him. <laughs> and I think I remember saying, "Oh, that'd be a ballsy move." But now having felt him, yeah. That hook. I've never, never actually seen his left hook be pinned in a in a, in a hook. Was, yeah. yeah so. I, I'm not I'm not saying I couldn't beat him in a hook in a different yeah. situation. Yeah. Uh, I definitely didn't have it uh, Saturday. Yeah. Um, 
and like I said, there's different variables, yeah. but that's the nature of the game, nature of the beast. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I to say I was going to take him up top early. I didn't even get the chance to do it, so yeah. he managed to cut in on me real quick. I would have had to go to a rest grip. Yeah. And then maybe uh, bail out and go into the straps yeah. and try to put a lot of back on yeah. with the straps on. And same question, Ron, um, in relation to Brett and your opinion of his sort of ability and level on the world scale. Um, there again, he has he has the abilities to get up into that that rain mm. up in there somewhere. Um, he's going to have to work more versatility with his game than just a hook, because yeah. yeah. they're not going to just let him grip what he wants. Yeah. They're going to you start getting to that elite level. We start. Uh, you know, making making the odds a little more even. Yeah. Um, there's ways to get out of that hand, and uh, he would definitely find it. Myself, I could do it too, I believe, yep. if the situation was different. So if he works on different angles of the game, he's got the power, mm. he's got the hand, um, yep. and he doesn't have to change much, just add a couple of more tools to it. Yeah, yeah, awesome. All right, so that, that was the, the super matches. The main draw, you cleaned up the right hand, you dominated that. Look, looked very, very dominant on the day. And uh, left hand, I think it was second to Brett. Was second it? to Brett. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I didn't. I didn't even mess yeah. with Brett. Yeah. Um, the first time I pulled, but going to the left side, that, that'll be the shorter story. Yeah. Um, Brett, the first one, I told him I was going to hit initially, and if I felt anything, I was just let because he had too much. And I wanted to save it for the, you know, yeah. hopefully come out of there with a second. Yeah. Um, and uh, the last one, same deal. He had he had the fresher arm. Mine was toast. Um, as a matter of fact, I think while I was waiting to get the awards for that left, my nerve, radial nerve down my left arm was hurting so bad I thought I was going to pass out. Oh, uh, yeah, I was crying. I was a crying little baby on the side. My left's messed up right now, okay. so i got to get that taken care of. Well, good. Ron, let's talk about um, you in the sport. Uh, you're obviously one of the, the, the stalwarts of, of arm wrestling. Uh, is it 36 years you've been pulling it out? Uh, 38. 38. 38, 38 years this coming November. Wow. That's it. Can you tell me about the, the, the story of Ron Bath, how you found arm wrestling and, and got into the sport? Uh, basically, you know, like all kids, you arm wrestle here and there. You know, we did do it throughout our high school years. And the fall after I graduated high school, there was a local tournament. So I went to that and I uh, won that. And then for over the next five years, I was living in uh, Wisconsin, which is a northern state of the U.S., north and central, up near the Great Lakes. Um, small country town. So I went to Chicago and saw a couple of the big boys, but at that time it never really even focused between, you know, around that 18, 19, 20-year age that this was an organized sport. Yep. Um, at the first time I went to Chicago, I saw a guy by the name of Johnny Walker, who I'd seen when I was 14 on Wide World of Sports. So um, it sort of correlated then. But at that point, I still didn't know there was Nationals, Worlds, or anything. 1985, moved to Atlanta, Georgia, without realizing I was in the backyard of some of the world's best, which was Burt Whitfield, who became my mentor, coach, and probably forgot about more about arm wrestling than he was able to teach me. The guy knew it, basically everything that was out there as far as I'm concerned. Uh, it was in the backyard of Johnny Walker. And Dave Randall. So I couldn't ask for better workout partners to teach me how to come along. Then I learned about the national world level, I believe it was. I moved to Georgia in 1985, and I think I won my first nationals in 1988. And 
outside a little stumbling block in 99 tearing a bicep it's just always been fun and yeah kicking ass yeah and you've you've won three world titles um in in london and under the WAF setup um tell me tell me about those were they one of the highlights of your career so far it would have been more highlight if i would have thought and worked a little harder and got the fourth one yep um because actually my right supposed to be my uh money arm well we pulled uh the Masters, which was over 40, uh, the first days, and I won both those, right and left. Then they did the left arm uh, open, or seniors, whatever it's referred to. And I took a loss in that, came back and won that. And then it was day three, I think we had a day break in there, and it was a right hand. Um, and, you know, it gets taxing and wearing. And I pulled my first match of that day was against Taras. <laughs> and me and Taras had a battle at uh, the Nemiroff Cup a while back ago, and we knew each other, but he didn't move me at all. We slipped right off the top on that one, went into the straps, and basically I just stopped him and pulled him right over to the pad. So basically it looked like first place was going to be all mine. Um, he had to go through the loser's bracket from the get-go. I was on top. Before I knew it, guys were starting to get my hand, and... Um, I should have just let the hand go and stayed with the arm because the hand was toast. The arm arm felt good, but I was I'm old school. We don't we didn't believe in slipping. We fought like a dog, and I ended up I believe fifth place on the right. And Taurus came back and won the right. Um, so I think I was the better arm wrestler, but I think fatigue of those days just and that's why sometimes it's not just a matter of how good you are at arm wrestling. When you put yourself in those situations, you got to have all your endurance and you better be watching your diet and your rest and everything else and and if you've been to a world's those days go on forever you start early in the morning and you're not done till late at night so i'd love to hear about longevity in the way that you train because obviously uh 38 years um you've been one that's been at the elite level for a long 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 time and um how how have you stayed at that such a level you said you had one injury in the 90s but what have you done? What has been your style of training and approach to the sport that's kept that? Uh, I don't think there's really any specific style or approach. One, I got I got to give it probably to gen- genetics. Yep. My dad was just always in amazing shape, and all he did was construction. Hmm. Um, and when he got older, he would just lightly work out. But other than that, my dad never lifted weights until maybe he hit his 60s and quit the construction field. Hmm. Um, so genetics had one. Two, uh, you know, the sport has ups and downs when you have family and, you know, that long of you take some breaks here and there. It's knowing your body. If you start hurting too bad, you got to back off a little bit. Um, you got to heal. But also my whole life was involved in physical. As a child, it was physical with living on a farm, doing construction with my dad. My life was always in construction. So my arms were always used to the wear and tears of, of physical exertion. Um, and, you know, being fortunate enough to stay healthy, uh, outside of 99 tearing a bicep, you know, I've had a few other little muscle pulls, but that was the only setback. And when I tore the bicep, they repaired it, but they damaged the nerve to my hand. Hmm. So for several months after my hand was sort of, it wouldn't move. It just sort of was a limp wrist. Yep. And, uh, they went back in, they fixed the nerve within a couple of weeks. I knew they fixed it cause you could start moving my hand. And about 13, from the day of that injury, 13 months later, 
I told the wife I was going to try one more time just to get on, get back on the horse and just sit, so I could do it. One tournament, that was going to be it. Well, I got one to one tournament, won that, and since then I've uh, won Worlds, uh, beat Brazil. Yeah, I, I got back on track right after that. Yeah, let's go. Let, let's talk about John Brzezink, and um, you're one of the few people on the planet that has beaten John. Um, uh, during John's prime and that as well I think you did quite well so what was it like, what was it like um, pursuing and, and aiming for John um, as an ambassador? Uh I think you're in the sport for the wrong you know you can be in the sport for several reasons one is just because you enjoy the sport you like the camaraderie and you're just going to see what you can do you always should just only go for the goals that you have mm. but you're always also striving to be the best that you can be John was the best so you know I knew Taking a first would always be harder if John was in my way. And you always got to train for that goal of trying to be up at that level. But I also had Johnny Walker I had to look at, too, who was mm. who was John Brzezink's yeah. arch rival while John was coming along, too. Um, but to beat John the first time, um, first time, I think, first time was a gift because John's won. I think John got to his greatness because he was never afraid to take you to your strengths. So John knew he beat me at that Nationals in Atlanta. And the second match, he let me get into a hook, a deep hook. Mm. And and um, he found out that wasn't the best place to be. Yeah. And when you, get somebody, when you get somebody and you can see that you have an opportunity, it's like your adrenaline gets pumped yeah, up. Yeah. Boy, and I was digging deep. I happened to be watching that video probably about three months ago. Yeah. I had to laugh. But, yeah. and uh, But John also knows when he's in trouble, if he has another way to come back, he'll – He'll let it, and after allowing me in that hook for so long, I got the win. Um, and even though John beat me and took the tournament, it showed me that John wasn't invincible. That there was some, you know, some ways to beat him. You just had to get there. <laughs> so, but yeah, we've had some battles. John's got definitely way more wins on me than me on him. But I got enough to know that I was at that level yep. to pull with him. And in recent years, you've had um, you've had a few kind of rivalries. Obviously, in the WAL, you've pulled the uh, Devon and Matt Mask. Um, I guess those two guys both presenting different challenges uh, for you. Um, let's talk about talk about Devon. Um, how have you approached Devon? You came incredibly close to knocking Devon off last year, and um, on I think both left and right. And I think you were. In my eyes, you were the favourite, almost uh, in a lot of people's eyes, to, to beat Devin that year. But he got the just got you. Um, what's the rivalry been like with Devin? Um, Devin, you got to beat. You can't let him get his his lock in. You either got you got to beat him short in a very short time frame. Because once Devin stops you and you see him shift his body and lock his elbow in, you're you're probably not going to do anything. And and there again, when he gets that, your your intelligence is telling you give it up. And go wait for the next one, but you know, pride and for TV, you want to keep fighting, yeah. and you might get that one more. Um, John showed me how to beat Devin when you watched John a couple of years ago. I just yeah. I couldn't do it, and I knew that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to top him over, jump back up on it, but um, I'm just not as fast as John, yeah. and my body don't work the same. <laughs> so once I get over there, I got to stay there and let pride. And, and Devin knows it. And Devin knows I'm going to sit and fight like a dog. And he loves it. He's drooling the whole time I'm fighting on him because he, he knows my gas tank is running low. Um, there's been a few times I think I should have got the wins on Devin because I think the rest should have uh, made some calls. Yep. But, you know, we ain't going there. Devin, Devin just has an amazing lock. He's an amazing defensive arm wrestler. 
Mm. Um, and and he just loves to bleed his opponents. Yeah. And he does it very well. Yeah, he does. What what are you weighing at the moment, Ron? Uh, about two thirty five, as you guys would say, probably about one hundred ten kilos. Yeah. And is is that the? Um, uh, I know that you competed at two twenty for WAL. Um, Moving forward, where do you feel your best? Do you, do you like do you like dehydrating down to a to, to a weight, or do you like to stay strong ideally? No, I like to stay strong. Anybody does, but um, with with age and stuff, you know, if I was probably in my thirties, mm. I probably would have tried putting weight on and pulling the supers. But you know, when you're in your fifties, you know, fifty six now, you know, going down and pulling the lighter mass on your arms because when I injured. Got my last injury and tweaked. The doctor just said he worried about me pulling the bigger guys. So pulling the likes of Dave Chafee, yes. Ryan Espy, Travis Bay. You know, that just doesn't, Michael Todd, doesn't thrill me um, to watch them take my arm and rip it off and take it home with them. <laughs> um, and 225 is not hard for me. If, if I watch what I eat, I'll be down in the 230 area. Um, and then dehydrating five pounds ain't bad. And again, if they go, if it ever went down below 225 pounds, I probably wouldn't do it. Um, then I'll have the decision to make if I would go and pull up, which depending who I would get, there are, there are some super heavyweights I would pull more for fun. Like I did this weekend, Yep. but at my age, I'm looking more for longevity and staying healthy. I've seen, um, I've seen a footage of you pinning Richard Lupke's, I think it was 2009. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, Richard's a, a, a giant of a man, and, and, and I know previously I've heard him described by Devin as the strongest out of all the arm wrestlers that, that Devin's encountered. Um, how did you go about beating Richard Lovey's year? Uh, I had a couple of breaks on that day. Richard, number one, had a bad back, all right? And Richard is the strongest arm wrestler out there, mm. especially if you're thinking of going east to west. Yeah. Uh, you're not going to take Richard sideways yeah. um, because he'll just look at you and pull you the other way. I don't care who you are. I, I'd love to see somebody take Richard Lupke's and just full hand straight to the pad. I really don't think you're going to do it. Um, you got to put some back pressure on Richard. Try to separate him from his bicep and work his way down. Um, along with that, it was like 110 degrees, so I guess that'd be about 40 yeah. here in Australia. Um so it was taxing on me. The heat was taxing on me. So I, I know with his size, his bad back. Mm-hmm. I, got, I got a couple of breaks on that day. Yeah. But it's always, it's still, to beat somebody like Richard Lupke yeah. is definitely, <laughs> you know, one you keep on your list. But I have respect for all the other issues. Yeah. Um, and it was so hot, I couldn't even remember his name at the end. I had to apologize because my brain, it was so hot, I even, I went brain dead on that one. But, yeah, wow. uh, it, was, it was a good opportunity. Yeah. Ron, um, over over the thirty eight years, has there been a, um, uh, I guess, a, I mean, obviously you've done, you've done a lot in that thirty eight years. Has there been a, a favorite moment for yourself? Wow, uh, <laughs> I, that that would have had to been a question you had to ask me a long time ago. I mean, there's so many favorite moments. Yeah. Uh, it depends on the year. You know, my first win on Johnny Walker, my first win on John Brzezink, uh winning my first. Uh, a uh, big tournament on ESPN, which was beaten, had involved beating John. Um, you know, doing stuff with the WAL. Yeah. Um, yeah, it just meeting the great people. Now, you know, coming down here to Australia, spending 13 days of, uh, you know, I ain't going to call it abuse. <laughs> I mean, it's fun. You know, it's yeah. one of those things, this trip to Australia would be one of those things, even yeah. though it's, it was it's taxing on the body a little bit it's fun you meet great people um see a great country 
and uh, do a lot of arm wrestling. You know, my arm would be aching for weeks, but, you know, it'll be the, it'll be the thought of how I got it. It'll be because of uh, having a great uh, experience. Yeah. So there's just so many things in 38 years of arm wrestling that I could uh, attribute to that quest, That question. It, it wouldn't be fair. Yeah, I, I understand. That sounds awesome. And, w- I mean, where to from here? You, uh, after 38 years, 56 years old, you're still competitive at the elite level. Um, I, do you intend on staying at the elite level, or are you seeing yourself as one of those Norm Devio kind of uh, pullers that no one can pin later on as well, or where, where do you want to be? I don't know if I have a choice on the elite level, um, because I've never really um, trained overly hard just to stay at that level. Mm. So I'll train because i got a good group. My 30-year-old son arm wrestles or got into it more, so I'll stay involved and train because of that. Um, if opportunities come for different things, um, I like, I like good health. I like Mm. good physical health. So I'll always stay in physical health as soon as I get my back and shoulders squared away here, (laughs) which I have a massage this afternoon. Thanks to, uh, Tom. Um, and, um, so I'll, I'll always be involved. I don't see that ending anytime shortly. I'll probably because of, you know, unless I get something with the WAL here, because I heard of their announcement. Um, if I do something with that, I would train harder. If somebody wants, well, I got a super match coming up May 5th with Mike Aiello. Mm, and if nice. Mike Aiello's listening to this, uh, <laughs> I got like six weeks to rest up. So don't, uh, fret it, Mike. I'll be ready. Go. Uh, and I'm working on my abs too, big guy. <laughs> um, your, your, tans, your tans not bad. Oh, if <laughs> I stayed, if I stayed here a couple more weeks, I'd ha- I could possibly get, I'd have to take the shirt off though. Yeah. yeah. Cause when get I take more. the. When I take the shirt off, it's not going to look anything close to Mike's. It's going to have these big farmer tan marks right here. Yeah, oh, that that honestly is going to be a good competition, but I think it's going to be fun at the same time because Mike's just, you know, he's a kickback, have a good time kind of guy. But yeah. I think he's making light of me not being him not beating me, but I think he's going to come after me. Yeah, well, he's looking like he's in pretty good oh, form. Oh, shit, too, he's always in pretty good form. Yeah. Um, so. Awesome. Well, Ron, uh, thank you so much for, for stopping in today. And, uh, it's, oh, my pleasure. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been a thrill to have you here in Australia, watch you compete and all that sort of stuff as well. So, Oh, yeah. Thanks well, before, much, before I go, I yeah. just want to – I got to give a shout-out to uh, Ryan Scott, yeah. White Knuckles Promotion. Uh, hopefully I don't forget too many. I got to give uh, to Marcel and Oz for putting up with, uh, with us while we stayed in Sydney yep. for Andrew Lee and um, – Phil. Phil Rasmussen yeah. for uh, putting up with me in <laughs> Melbourne. Uh, Ryan Scott for doing some in Melbourne with me. But then Ryan Scott getting me out yeah. there to uh, Perth and to Bunbury. Bainbury? Bunbury. Bunbury. Uh, Bunbury. Yeah. We, and, we uh, saw you rolling the hay. And we seeing some ruse and rolling <laughs> some hay. Um, and then coming here and Tom, I'm not going to try to yeah. pronounce his last name. <laughs> and uh, Tom and his wife. Awesome. for putting up with us here and you for the opportunity to sure. do this podcast um anybody get the opportunity to come to australia uh i will say australian arm wrestlers um they have a couple that are already getting close to that world level but from what i've seen with the young guns i've saw over the last couple of sessions mm. you all aren't far from having a lot of them that are heading to that uh that yeah. world class level awesome. so and the hunger was there i saw 20 year old guys 30 year old guys that are they're ready. Yeah, that's so, awesome. Good luck to y'all. Well, Ron, I have to have, we have to get you on the table now. At the end of the podcast, every guest I get in here, I have an arm wrestler with. Most of them I toy with because they're not arm wrestlers. But you're the first time I've had 
Someone in, sorry, we'll have to do a bit of an arm wrestling oh. before the podcast goes. But anyway, thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in today. Um, yeah, awesome. If you could hit the like and the share button on this one. Cheers, guys. Awesome. So we'll end it there, but then we'll just, from a different camera angle, we'll just grip up lightly.